What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Yannick Hanfman. I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Dennis Kudler. This is Sebastian Wolfner. It's Mark Andrea Wiesler. I am Francisco Serundolo. And, and you're listening, listening to the Game Podcast. Podcast. Hopefully you enjoy it. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Hey, welcome back, tennis fans. Another episode of The Countdown is here. And this week, we are going to be speaking about Daniel Medvedev, Ons Jabur, as we are not far away now from the US Open. We have Toronto playing this week. We've just had Washington go. We've got Cincinnati on the horizon. And just after that, we will have the big one at Flushing Meadows. Yep, and the big one will be in exactly 21 days. So not long to go at all. We'll have Cincinnati before that. And of course, we're in Canada right now. We're going to go through some of that action as it's happening. But in usual style, this is the countdown. We're going to do the same sections as always. That'll be latest news, tennis shootout, a rankings update, surprise package. And we'll end with a Ben song, like always. But let's start off and welcome to episode three of The Countdown. Novak Djokovic has won the Australian Open. 35 matches unbeaten. He's done it. Come on, He wins his 14th Roland Garros title. Carlos Alcaraz wins the US Open and his first Grand Slam title. Yeah, it's countdown time. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago we did another one because we was delayed. So it's not been a full week since the last episode. Apologies for last week. However, today we are semi on time, a little bit late. Uh, Monday night, probably will be posted Tuesday, but still we're doing it. And we've already spoken about Novak Djokovic on episode two. Episode one, we had Carlos Alcaraz on the women's. We've had Iga and Sabalenka who are we going to be discussing as a contender today, Ben? It's going to be Daniel Medvedev, the one we've been speaking about. He is the sort of the third contender of the trio on the men's side. And Ons Jabur, last year's finalist. She was a finalist at Wimbledon as well just recently. Can she replicate the same again at the US Open? I'm hoping that she's not taken too much of a battering mentally after these final defeats. Right, let's get straight into it. This is Contenders. Let's start off with Daniel Medvedev on the men's. And let's have a look at what he's been up to recently. And his most recent match, well, I think we all remember it very, very well, don't we? It was Carlos Alcalaz in an exceptional performance from Alcalaz, but the bogeyman for Daniel Medvedev. I mean, he just got past an incredible performance from Chris Eubanks in the round before, but then to come up against Alcaraz in scintillating form in the semi-final, it was a one-way traffic, and that sort of set Alcaraz up for his uh, first ever Wimbledon title where he did take out Djokovic in that final. 
What do you make of Medvedev coming into this hard-court swing? Toronto, a tournament he has won before. Obviously, that's playing now. I think he's been really impressive this year. Um, I, I was just wondering, really. I don't, I've not got the stats to hand. Maybe you can have a look. I just want to know what his win record is this sure. year in comparison to, say, Djokovic. And while you have a look, I can speak about him because I have a lot of optimism about Daniel Medvedev. I think the start of the year, historically, I'd ter- I'm not very good for him. He's not amazing when the when the year starts. Of course, he's not great yeah. on the clay. The grass doesn't go very well. And then it seems to be this period now, from July, end of July, sort of start of August onwards, yeah. is when Daniel Medvedev becomes his best version. We see all, all the tentacles out. He's the best <laughs> version of the octopus. And he is amazing. So we're getting into that territory now. But still, I think he's been amazing to start the year. Look, you can see there, he's already won five titles this year. Yep. He's got 46 wins, nine losses. I mean, you compare that to some of his other seasons where he's not got to his best part yet. It's rather rather formidable. I mean, his best season ever was the 2021 one, maybe. Yeah. Um, you can make a case for 2019 being not bad, but I think the 2022, 2021 one was amazing. 2023 is on record to maybe do better because I believe on these hard courts, he can be unplayable. The only difference is now, 2021, there wasn't an Alcaraz. There may have been, but not the same level as what we know now. And now with him, he just seems like a player Medvedev will never beat. I, I, I think that's got to change. Surely he's going to try and work him out. But right now, I look at Daniel Medvedev Adkaz and he just simply can't but can't lay a finger on him. Yeah, it's it's really tough to see how the tennis landscape has really changed. I know that only, say, two years ago, we were looking at the tour. We were looking at Medvedev. We were thinking, wow, this is the main challenger now who's now coming onto the tour and really able to play with the likes of Djokovic, Nadal, all of the big boys, he, is he going to take over? Dominic Team was obviously on the scene back then, firing. But since then, Alcala's coming through. It's sort of, it's it's like make, making Medvedev falter a little bit. I feel like he was there to take over like the gauntlet, maybe to challenge the big ones. And now he's sort of been steamrolled a little bit by this young Spaniard coming through. It's a bit... I don't know, disheartening. I feel that ever since Medvedev got to that number one spot, it it sort of, it fell off a bit, didn't it, for him? And now he's had not to sort of, re- not, not loads, but he had to regain a lot of confidence back again, I feel. Yeah, I think you just glasses on at times. You, you seem to always dismiss Daniel Medvedev and degrade him on this podcast. And I've had enough of it, quite frankly. Never. I haven't win in um, my tournament. Yeah, but you've maybe you're doing that to try and counteract all the negativity you've put towards him since sort of post twenty twenty one season. Um ah, never. However, this chart illustrates Daniel Medvedev is a top player. He beat Novak Djokovic at the US Open two years ago in the final. Last year's US Open wasn't as good, but he did play against a very inspired Nick Kyrgios, and as we know. Nick Kyrgios, when he's in this kind of form, I feel like only only Djokovic can beat him. And even then, that's not convinced because I think before the Wimbledon one, Djokovic had never beaten him either. So Kyrgios is a strange player to gauge where you're at in any... Because he has the ability to beat anyone, I feel, on his day. Um, however, going into that, I was very optimistic that Medvedev could potentially make the final. He didn't. And this year, I think he'll do better, personally. I think he'll get further this year. That was a weird one, wasn't it? That one, uh, the Kyrgios Medvedev match. I remember Kyrgios was playing fantastically well. And then there was that strange moment in the match where Kyrgios, did he come over to Medvedev's side of the net and then hit the ball away? And it was all a bit bizarre. I don't know what was going on. Kyrgios played very well. Oh, he played incredibly. But I think he was almost playing so well, he could even afford to mess around almost in that match. And Medvedev didn't quite understand what was going on, I don't think, on that day. Wasn't able to cope with the antics of Kyrgios. Yeah, I don't think that will happen again. Um, I feel like it might be a bit of a learning curve for Daniel. And I'm very optimistic about his chances this year. The big thing is going to be about the draw. 
Daniel Medvedev will want to avoid Carlos Alcaraz. He will not be on this. He will just not want to be on the same half as him. If he's on the other half, the Djokovic half, he's got a chance of beating him and getting to the final. But it's only still a chance. With that one, I feel like it's always sort of 50-50, if not 60-40 towards Djokovic. Yeah, I mean, with uh, Daniel uh, and his uh, record against Alcalaz, we know his first match he played was at Wimbledon and he beat him in straight sets, but that was obviously 2021. After that, we then had the Indian Wells he smashed him in straight sets and then the the Wimbledon smashed him in straight sets so this year two he has he's won five sets zero uh conceded for Alcaraz and Medvedev where do you go from there when you come up against someone like a Carlos Alcaraz now is there a mental block like that's that's crazy to say someone that high a grand slam champion like Medvedev will no, he have a I mental don't block? I don't think it's a mental thing Ben personally Medvedev's quite strong I look at it as just the, a contrast in styles and techniques and something he's going to have to adjust to. Medvedev, when it doesn't go his way, we've seen him just crumble with surfaces and then he slowly worked it out and he's won a title on Rome at Rome on the clay this year. So give him some time. I do feel like he will get closer to Alcaraz, but right now he's not got the ingredients to be able to do so. No, I think you're, you're right there. He did make his first ever Wimbledon semi-final though, so that'll give him some confidence. Looking at the odds for this US Open, it hasn't really changed. Um, I feel like it's no. still the same as last week. We've got the two favourites, Medvedev as, as the third favourite and Sinner there still in fourth. Yep. So Odds have stayed the same. Medvedev yeah. being the third and it's right on track with how we've been doing it. I'm interested to see if the women's is like that. So let's go on to the women's now. We've, of course, had Ego. We've had Saba. Is Ons Jabur the third favourite? Let's start with the odds because usually we'd go Rabakina. And yeah, it is Rabakina. So Rabakina's third favourite. We've yep. bypassed her on the podcast. We've not selected and opted to go for her. We feel as a collective that Ons Jabur deserves to be the third favourite. And I think we've got a few reasons as to why that is. One being the fact that Wimbledon should just got to the final and beat a lot of top players. One of them being... It was Rabakina, right? She beat on the way there. It should be uh, Sabalenka and Rabakina. Exactly. And now we're looking at it and we're thinking she could do some. She can do some good. Th- she can do some good things, certainly. And she, we know she's good on the hard courts as well. She is last year's finalist, and she has all of the pedigree. Yeah, that's, that's the what I went in say. Yeah, she has all the pedigree to get all the way to to Grand Slam finals. She's been to three now. It's only a matter of time. If she keeps getting there, she will get one. I mean, she was very nervy in that last one. I didn't like the look of that. But at some point, you have to say enough's enough. And you're just going to go out there and you're going to just go hell for leather and just go for it. I feel she didn't do it. And next time, she will definitely go for it. She will not have that same level of nerves in a fourth Slam final. Okay, you say that though, Ben, but is she not getting progressively worse in slam finals? Mm, I don't know. Well, uh, I'm telling you, the Von Drusova one was the worst. She, maybe because it was the one she was like it. It was a complete collapse. We criticised Sabalenka for it. We criticised other players as well on tour. Uh, Rublev, which happened before, Sisa passed. Loads of them, Zverev. But the, the Jabur collapse against Von Drusova was one of the worst I've seen. I mean, she was the better player in spells, even in that final, and just could not, she just could not handle the occasion at all. No, it wasn't. It like, wasn't lesser very... opponents than Von Drusova would have beaten her. It was an absolute horror show. I, I know some people have been all nice about it. It was heartbreaking to see. Of course, she was so emotional. It really did hurt her. It's her fourth slam final. She shows a great pedigree to get to these finals in Grand Slams. And that's why I think she needs to be considered as the number three over her back. And her. Um, I believe she's got a good chance of getting there again. But based off that Wimbledon show, and I don't really fancy her to win uh, the US Open. Tell me I'm crazy. Well, I feel that for some reason, just this one, she was, it was almost like everyone expected her to win it. I feel that that was the worst thing that she could have had coming into that final. Yeah, she was also favourite against... Um, Rabakina, yeah. Rabakina. What was the yeah. other final she was in? Against Eager. So, sorry, it's been three then, not yeah. four. Three, yeah. 
Oh, you said four a second ago. It's definitely no, I only said three. that she. No, I said that she. If she gets to a fourth, I oh, expect okay. her the fourth one for her to be better Understood. in. So, yeah. uh, but this one, the fact that she was such a hot uh, favorite, and everyone just expected her to win it. Look, you've just beaten Kvit. No, look, she beat Andreescu, Kvitova, Rabakina, Sabalenka, all Slam champions, all in yeah. a row, and then come up against Bonjusova. You'd expect her just to win it, wouldn't you? Everyone was. And that was, I think, was part of the problem. If it had been some, another slam champion, she might have beaten them. No, I no, know. I don't think so. I think she just just didn't like, just couldn't handle it. it, it on the not. day, it was all a little bit too much. And it was it was horrible to watch, really. But how did yeah. she get on at last year's US Open? Right, let's have a look. And Well, we know she got to the final. And she had a great tournament. The only one who really troubled her before Eager was... Uh, uh, Rogers. Uh, Rogers took uh, the only set off of Ons Jabur. And um, she had a tire break against Tomjanovic. She was yeah, also playing very break. well at the time. The Garcia performance was amazing. She seems to do extremely well in semi finals. Well, Garcia, she does extremely well against as well. Garcia, uh, or Jabur is Garcia's bogey player, as we know. She was storming it, comes up against Jabur, and she just can never beat her. And she got yeah, absolutely. Garcia's trout. got a chance if the draw. If she can avoid Jabur. Um, but I don't know what she's been up to, really, Garcia. I'm not sure she's still on the same level. I feel like, not to be mean, it might have been a little burst. It's a purple patch, was it? Yeah, like one of when you get that little burst of just some of your best tennis over a little spell. I feel that that's what she was having at that time. I feel that Jabur, she has a bit more like longer running uh, amount of. Uh, yeah, I mean, she form, lost to Kostyuk. You know? Pretty early doors, uh, six two six three Garcia. So I mean, and then at so, Wimbledon, I don't know what happened to her. But I feel like she went out. She went out in the third round against Bauskova. Yeah, Bauskova pretty good on the grass, but still, you'd expect her to do a bit better there. Jabur, though, I still feel she still, if she has a good draw. I mean, the way that you look at this and looking at the odds, yeah, we good value look- there. I think at ten to one. Yeah, I think it's I think it's very good value. I think that if she gets a good draw, she's proven she can beat the likes of a uh, Rabakina and a Sabalenka on fast surfaces as well, on grass. This is not going to be too much different. And the crowd, maybe the crowd is a different factor as well. I don't know. Maybe the US Open crowd will be slightly more her thing than the Wimbledon crowd. It's all a little bit prim and proper, isn't it? Everyone, shh. There, it's like it's a little a bit party. more tense. I feel the at Wimbledon. I think to yeah. win a Wimbledon takes more bottle than any slam. In them big moments, the the aura and the the whole history. Isn't it? Yeah, it's like you just look around and centre call and the Royals are there. And it's it's just very intimidating. I think it's a very daunting atmosphere to win a major. And obviously, I'm no professional player, but I feel like if you had to ask them. You'd a lot of pros would say Wimbledon's one of the toughest to win it. And clo- when I say win, I mean closing out them final moments. She just yeah. couldn't get anywhere near it. US Open, I fancy had to do a little bit better. And I would think I I agree with you. I think she is the third favourite uh, statistically going in. Maybe you're making a case that she could be even higher than that. But I'm definitely happy we're considering her as a contender, and she's in our top three as a collective. Yeah, the one thing you get at Wimbledon, like I was saying, is the Royals. Uh, and I was watching something eager talking about the US Open and her win. And the biggest problem for her was having Matthew, uh, was it Matthew Perry from Friends, Chandler from Friends in the crowd right. was the thing that she couldn't focus because she looked up and saw him in the stand. She was like, oh, no, it's one of my uh, most favorite TV stars. So that can happen as well. Big celebs in the US Open. Yeah, or maybe you'll be there. Or John Woo-hoo. Silk will fly out and they'll say, oh, no, it's John Silk. What am I going to do? Run. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's going to be in the press room. He's going to ask me, what What do you mean? <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Next section is going to be latest news. This is where we head to Twitter and have a look at some of the latest news. Right, let's bring it up. I'll type it in and see what we get. Okay, here we go. This yeah, is... I think last week was better than the week before. Um, hopefully, it's not just going to be Raf. I keep hitting the ball into the crowd. Yeah, I've seen that trick a hundred <laughs> times into the into the commentary box, wasn't it? So this first one we've got 
It says, when a US Open champ invites you to New York, uh, you have to go and do a concert. So uh, we've got Carlos Alcalaz here. <laughs> Who's he speaking to there? Sebastian Yatra. Oh, I don't know who he I is. I don't think he's we can... a Spanish musician. I don't think we can uh, listen to that. Let me just uh, have a quick look and then I can have a Sebastian no. Yatra. No, I think we're allowed to. It's not Colombian. Colombian singer. I'm not sure if it's going to play though because i have to bring it up the other way let me bring it up the other way and then we can listen oh to no it. it's okay we don't have to watch the whole thing it's got subtitles ben we can just watch good for the subtitles oh, okay apologies i'll just do it that way then okay it might come out on here anyway so i'm calling you should okay. come to the fan week at the us open and sing something to sing vagabundo hey <laughs> la vagabundo <laughs> Oh, singing Vadabunda. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Pause it here. I'm going to call this for me is just the most set up <laughs> fake. <laughs> Apologies to any Americans, but very American. I don't really, I feel Americans get sometimes a bit of a bad name in the UK because everything's a bit, hey, and over the top and all a bit fake and set up. This is just one of them prime examples. I've never seen something so fixed and embarrassing in all my life. Uh, and this is probably speaking about uh, his new song, Vagabundo. And that's by his... Yeah, and he's probably just Yatra. released it, so he's trying to promote it. And he's got exactly. a contract with someone who's got loads of money <laughs> in the US <laughs> Open. And they've got the two together. And Clad probably doesn't even like his music. May know a little bit about him. I think we're going to move on on that note. Right, let's move down. This one, probably more interesting, I feel. And it yeah. says, who will be number one? after the US Open. And they've got four pictures here for the audio listeners. Iga, Saba, Rabakina, Pagula. Well, they must all have a chance. I don't know how it works. Like If you go down, maybe there's another tweet just to explain. Uh, if you click on it, there must be something. Um, Anybody saying anything in there? Yeah, I don't know how it works for the points. But I'm going to make my assumption anyway, based on who I think is going to go the furthest. I think it's going to be, I'm going to be very boring. I think Eager's going to retain number one status. I think she's going to do enough. And um, I think she could win win it again. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's only between Eager and Sauber. I don't, I'm not, that's my personal opinion. Pagula won't win the US Open. And for me, for her to be world number one, she's got to win it. And I don't see her winning it. No. Uh, I'd be interested to see I how like they Sabah, get on. Sabah can probably get number one without winning it. Um, so that's a real possibility. Yeah, because if she performs well in... Uh, because Montreal, if Eager goes out early, then she definitely won't be number one because she'll I drop too many points. I saw a little table. I think that uh, Juan Ignacio put up a table of yeah. the the number one uh, and the points between Cincinnati and uh, Montreal, seeing... So if you get the chance, go and look at Juan Ignacio on Twitter. He's got some interesting... So are you actually on. going for Sabah just to be different or you actually think that's going to happen? Mm. It's got to be between the top two, but I'm yeah. going more 90% eager Sabah to then. Sabah. Go on and I'll say Sabah. She's having the better year. Right, moving on. Right, moving... Oh, I've got to go backwards, haven't I? Work out of this. Oh, we're back to Bagabundo now. <laughs> oh, get past that. <laughs> now, what a week. I... Coco Goff is the champion in DC. We spoke about this yesterday. Uh, let's speak about it again, Ben, for the podcast listeners. Yes. Sarkari, she broke the curse. She got into a final and then got obliterated. But Coco Goff, fair play. Her forehand is actually getting a lot better. I know yeah. she had a bit of an issue with it. She was told to cut her nails uh, as a way to help her with her forehand because she's got really long nails and people saying that that's the problem. She's left her nails and I don't think it's anything to do with it and she seems to be able to hit a forehand again. So Coco Goff, certainly another one who could go very well at the US Open. And I thought it was a really good display in the final because Sarkari was in some good form. It's just more of the same really from Sarkari. I think the last, she's won one, one final She's got one title in 2019. I think she's got to about five finals since and lost them all. It's not good enough, is it? It's like she's lost eight out of the last nine or something. Well, um, 
to, to speak about Goff's forehand, I feel that that's a bit of a placebo effect that they've gone for there. If you're saying cut your nails, if she had done it and then she'd have got a result, she might have thought, oh, yeah, that was what it was all about. Well, um, I'm, I'm really happy that she's now won. That's her fourth tournament win as well. That's her first ever uh, WTA 500 as well. Oh, is it? Interesting. Yeah, so that's brilliant for her. So well done to, to Coco Goff. Sarkari, though, on the other hand, like you were saying, it's it's just not not good enough, is it? She's won one tournament. She's I mean, a bit like you. <laughs> I do see a bit of myself. <laughs> in, in the and I'm not trying to be offensive to you, but I just feel like you've sometimes shown some really good promise and some good tennis. You can get into a great position in a match. You can be 5-2 up. You can have four set points. But there's something in you which, the moment it's close to the finish line, you just don't seem to be able to get the ball back over the net. Or do it wrong. I think just it's just a, you just overcomplicate it all and you just maybe get... I play I tentative. Know, tense in these moments. Yeah, it's just tentative tennis. You just soccer it up. It's very passive tennis and you can't afford to play passive tennis at big moments because that's you're just waiting for your opponent to lose. You're not trying to win. That's not a, a way to win a tennis match. So, Sakari, like you said, she's lost seven um, finals, uh, only won one of them, and that's just not good enough, unfortunately. Uh, she, she, can she can Sakari win the US Open? She has the ability to win it. Will she win it? No, I don't think she'll win it. Coco Goff, more chance, you reckon? Yeah, more chance, I think. Okay, moving on. We'll do the last one, and then we'll go to tennis shootout. Right. Got a great okay. question lined up Ooh, today. Oh, and it's your favourite guy. Stefanos. I lost Gavos. We're in a half Look of Sissidosa there. <laughs> Is that the yeah, better half or the, the worse half? I don't know, but what an icon. And what a trophy that is. Uh, model your hair on, Jim, don't you? <laughs> it's a lovely trophy. He's won that. I saw something weird. It's like there's a, some graphic. I can't remember the stats now, but whenever Medvedev wins a title, then Sissipas wins a title the year <laughs> after. Yeah, oh, yeah, because he won it the year before, didn't he, Medvedev? Last yeah, year, last and then year. it's the year after that he wins it. And it's just like, it's, there's about six different examples of different events. Eight finals, then he wins it. And it's just, it always seems to happen like that. So, he's probably watching Medvedev to see what he's up to. And he's like, oh, I'll win that next year. Well, that's his 10th career title. And uh, out of 27 uh, final attempts, so... Not the not the best uh, in finals, but no, still, he's, jump... not, he's not the best in finals. But he's a top player, and um, I'm tipping him to go far at the US Open this year. I'm just going to go for it. Why Obviously, not? this is all very draw dependent. We're talking before, yeah. but I, if I had to make an early listen, I'm very good with Sissipas. I want to put it on record. I called him to get to the Australian Open final start yep. of the year, and he did. Where no one believed it. And I might be going something similar here at the US Open. Wait and see. I could have him knocking out a lot of players. Let's see how he gets on. If he does well at Toron- in Toronto and in Cincinnati, he could have put himself in a position to maybe even be world number one come the end of the US Open. Potentially. I don't know if that's... I think he's back up factual. to number four now as well. He's at back up to number four. If he was to win Toronto, it'd be on 6,000 points. And then if he was to win Cincinnati... I guess something around seven. I'm sure he'll drop points as well. but He won't win all of them. <laughs> this is what I mean. If he was to do it all... Yeah, but he's not going to, Ben. That's too much. You're asking for the world. Let's see how he does at the US Open. And uh, um, I think that is his big target. I'll calm down. Yeah, calm down on Steph. <laughs> just because you like his hair. But those just get jealous with you. We keep going on about him. Anyway, next section. The, my favourite one. Oh, What's no. it called, Ben? It's called The Tennis Shootout. Oh, so uh, anybody who's new and doesn't know about this section, this is where the, myself and JG will ask each other a little bit of tennis trivia relating to the Grand Slam that is coming up. This one is the US Open, and we'll have 30 seconds to answer the question that is posed. Um, I normally give JG some historic question, trying to educate. Boring ones. 
And you normally give me some really random one, which is related to me in some way, shape or form. And I just, I don't know. I've not got many right. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you got the last one because I didn't have one really. I didn't have time to think of it. But this one, I've had some time to think of it. And I am going to be going first today, Ben, because you went first yesterday. Asking so, or? Yeah, I'm asking your question oh, first. Here we go. So let me know when you're ready and I'll give you a little build up to it. And get ready. Get your finger on the button as well for the music. It's not you fast ready? as finger first. I'm, I'm definitely not going to be pressing a buzzer to come in quickly. It's not like no, one of those games. No, type of question. So, right. <laughs> We've had some very weird questions throughout these episodes of The Countdown. I've asked you about the Wimbledon letters. I've asked you about drinks. I've asked you some historic. I've asked you some new. I've asked you some questions about famous Ben's. But today... This is going to be about the countdown. It's very tailored, and it is to do with you because you're the founder of the countdown. It's your idea. It's your text. It's your font looking above us. All of this is about you. So this question is tailored specifically to you and your tennis knowledge. So as as you know, I love words. In the countdown, you can see how it's written above us, Ben. <laughs> My question to you is, there is a top 500 player's name, just the surname, hidden amongst the text, the countdown. Can you find it? Go. Oh, my word. This is outrageous. got the and the countdown any of the letters uh, it's not watanuki um uh, <laughs> look at the, uh not nori uh, uh, um, begin with what's it begin with uh No, I'm just looking around aimlessly. <laughs> it's a great question. It's good, though. I like it. It's good. It may... At least I was trying to look there. I should have just got a pen and paper down, but I thought I'd be easier. To okay, well, I need it. your answer now, Ben. It's an I mean... ATP player inside, inside... the top. It's very, very bit broad. Okay, I'll give you top 250. Oh, so you well. can just just say a name from one to two fifty. Go. No, you stop looking down the list. I can see you're looking. That's cheating. Uh, I know I'm not looking. I need an answer now. Three. I can only think of one. Just say a name. Otte. Three, two, one, go. It's the only one. Otte. I can think of that is is in there. Is that right? No, it's not. O T T E. Oscar Otte. <laughs> Come on, that's right, isn't it? I've done it. I've like, done it. The top. <laughs> he must be. <laughs> Let me have a look. Come on. That was literally just as you said. Come on, just tell me one. And I just was like, oh, TTE. Okay, I can confirm. You can have Oscar Arte. Yeah. You can have that one as right. There probably is more than one, but there was only one I could find, and it wasn't Oscar Arte. So that's why. <laughs> It's pretty bad because it's not like I can search this question online and there's an answer because no one's ever done it before. <laughs> but the one I had is woo. <laughs> <laughs> the answer was woo, but you can have Oscar Otte, so well done, you get it right. Let us know in the comment section if you found any other names inside the top yeah. five out of the countdown that's a really good one i like that yeah i want to hear all of your guesses yeah, i'll give you a shout out guys if we'll give you a shout on twitter if anyone can find the another name countdown. other than woo or otto yeah yeah we'll give you personal shouts on the next episode of the countdown if you give us your uh answers in the comment section oh that was a good one that one that was uh entertaining i like that's like a puzzle more than, <laughs> than yeah, that question it's related to you you created the countdown so the only thing is it's not really fitting with the US Open, but it kind of is. Because earlier when we was looking at the graphics, 
We saw Medvedev's run for the, the US Open last year. He played Wu and beat him. True. So it's a little bit fitting. Anyway, over to you. Your question for me. Wow. Um, is I it mean... Boris Becker, the answer? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> it's always Boris Becker. I might just find questions that he's always the answer. Ah, <sighs> this one. Right. So... We're going to go back in time. <laughs> so, okay. I'll, I can start the music for you. Don't worry. This one is we're going to be talking about obviously when Carlos Alcalaz won the US Open last year, it was the first Grand Slam title that he ever got. So, speaking about firsts at the US Open. At the US Open in 1977, Rene Richards became the first, is it A, identical twin to play in a Grand Slam, B, transgender player to play in a Grand Slam, C, player to get arrested during a Grand Slam, or D, player to retire due to a leg break in a Grand Slam. God. What's the name? Rene Richard. Yeah. You're going to Google it? 1977. Okay, one sec. Um. <laughs> so you've got identical twin, transgender, got arrested, or leg break. I don't know why. It might be like a leg break. It's not weird, man. It might be that. I can tell by your reaction. I know it. I'm going to go leg break. Final answer. Final answer? Yeah. And I can announce. Is is it locked in? You're going with first player to retire due to a leg break in a Grand Slam. That is incorrect, I'm afraid. It was the first transgender player to play in a Grand Slam. Right. Really? And do you want the backstory to this? Because I thought this what, might in be 1977. Quite... Well, let me read out this statistic. This is from ESPN. So hopefully they've not got it wrong. It says at uh, the 1977 US Open, Rene Richards became the first transgender person to play at a Grand Slam singles tournament. As a male amateur player, his income uh, came from his work as a prominent uh, Manhattan eye surgeon. Richard Raskin had made five appearances in men's singles competition at the US Open between 53 and 1960. Said after transitioning in 1975, she was prohibited by the USTA from playing in the ladies' singles tournament in 1976, but a legal challenge the following summer. Uh, with the New York Supreme Court ruling in her favour, Richards to make it into the draw. Richards had the misfortune, however, to be drawn against the defending Wimbledon champion, Britain's Virginia Wade, and went out in the first round. <laughs> so there you go. Hey, that, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought that at all. So, that's yeah, a little bit of an interesting history, I thought, that one. Oh, was she very, was she good? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I really don't know. But she went out in the first round. That's all we know about that. And that's uh, that was my interesting fact for uh, this week's uh, tennis shootout. Brilliant. I think it was a fun one this week. Let us know yeah. what you think in the comment section. Hit the like button if you haven't already. And we're moving on to the most boring section in the world. It is the rankings update. Right. Do we have to actually bring up the actual rankings or how should we do it? I mean, we can bring up what we what we should do maybe is have a look at some of the events going on right now. And one of them, which is playing right now, is Chris Eubanks versus Gal Monfils. And I know Gal Monfils, let's see, he might have just won. He was up a set when I saw. He was up a set. And he's also up 4-1 in the tie break. Galmon Feast is back playing good tennis right now. Told you, mate. And Eubanks is struggling. Um, Told you. What significance does that have? I don't think it will have any at all because Galmon Feast is so low ranked. He's 276 in the world. 
he'll just be in and he'll just be anywhere sort of in the draw. So it's not going to affect him too much. What it could affect is maybe Eubanks be out of a seeded position at the US Open. But I don't think it would. I thought you meant 4-1 up in the, so. in the second set. He's 4-1 up in the tie-break in the second set. That's much closer than what I was uh, thinking it was then. But, yeah, very close match. But Monfils might be might be back a little bit at the moment. Yeah. I said I was impressed by him in that last tournament when he had beat... Uh, who was it he uh, was defeating? In Washington, he beat uh, Bublik, didn't he? And only just lost to the eventual... Uh, well, finalist Talon Griexpor. So, yeah, Tara Daniels doing well to be up a set. He's someone who you'd think would go through the qualifying, so one to watch. I don't know if you want to look at some of the results of today. So, if you go yeah, the other way, I have to go backwards. Both of those results going my way at the minute, which is really nice. No surprises for me at all. I'm surprised Ooh. you didn't go for Fakina. I don't know what you was doing with Wolf. Yeah, you back bageled I mean... him in 6 2. That's a really bad take from you going for Wolf. Um, and Lehechka, right. my on, guy man. as well, who I've also got as my surprise package for the US Open, gets in a massive victory against the young American. Yeah, underdogs. For Jay Genius. Well, on the, on the last page, it wasn't. I had Tara Daniel to win and I had Monfils. You didn't have either of them. So. Well, neither of them have won yet. All right. Well, let's hopefully they will. Come on. Oh, oh my Eubanks is coming back. Come on. Come do this, Chris. That backhand's <laughs> pinging, probably. Pew, it's <laughs> firing off. Uh, right, Berrettini through, her catch through. Ah, oh, Zhang out. Kokonakis through. It's yeah, another bad one for me. Habino well. won against Noskova. Got that one wrong. Ah, oh, the women's is good. Vekic, how does she get on? <laughs> She's out. <laughs> Doing well. Great. She's gone. Yeah, I'm not That's... picking Vekic as a surprise package. That's for sure. And we've got Glacheva close to going out as well. Um, who else have we got? Benchitz there. Looks like she'll probably go through. Plisk, she's yeah, through. Yeah, in terms that of rankings, thing. none of these are really going to factor too much, I don't think. I can't see any like players who are low-ranked who are trying to get into a position to be in sort of the qualifiers. Um, but let's have a look at some of the matches for tomorrow. Yeah, Pliskova got a little bit unlucky today as well. She was eight all in the second set tiebreak, and then they had a massive and long rain delay. No, she won in the end, but she lost oh. the second set to Linda. Chris Eubanks turned it around. <sighs> Come on, I just knew that would happen as soon as I see it. If I wasn't what seeing the score, Manorino is going to win now as well, probably. So we've got Roundich TFO. That should be good. Nori Dimonor, another good one. I'm interested to see how Corda gets on. Felix to go out, maybe. Dan Evans after winning that title. Let's talk about Dan Evans. That's a good one to speak about. He's at his highest position, his highest ranking 21. at the moment. Yeah. So he's going to be seeded for the US Open. Brilliant. I mean, well played, Dan. I mean, that was an incredible performance for him to come through against. I thought the Dimitrov and the TFO wins were outrageously good wins. Yeah. And did he drop a set? I think he only dropped one set that whole entire tournament. Even yeah, the final against Griegspor, who was playing well, was it was pretty good. And Dan Evans, <laughs> as a seed, will it's help him overdue. out. It will help him out because it is dependent on the draw. And you fancy him to be able to beat a lot of players. So, it's long overdue for chances. Evans. I, yeah. feel, I feel a bit bad for Dan Evans over the past uh, year. I mean, he's had strings of losses he lost six in a row earlier in the year in march he lost four in a row and then around the french open leading up to it grass was terrible for him this year as well and now and he was even down in the dumps where during wimbledon he just said well the way i'm playing i don't even expect to do well at wimbledon this year that's not the attitude i love the fact that after that now he's suddenly come to life in this uh hard court swing it's it's only good news for him like if we get to see him go far at the US Open, that would be fantastic. Imagine he goes up; he could be pushing top ten or something. Yeah. Well, I tell you, who is at a career high? Talon Greeksport. He'll be in the seeds uh, with how he's been playing. Jarry as well, twenty-five career high. Murray. There's a few players at career highs. Holgerun is also at career high. He's been moved up to number five in the world. Rude dropping down, so Runa overtaking him. Pretty, pretty wow. incredible. Thomas Echeverry, uh, career high. Eubanks is at his career high. 28 in the world, Chris Eubanks at the moment. 
That's only going to be oh, better, yeah. by the way, if you can get through Calmon Fees. Big if. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how are they getting on? Are they still going? Oh, he's taken it. He's taken the second Come set. Come on. <laughs> Eubanks has done it. He's made of Come stern on, stuff. He loves a tie break as well, doesn't he, old Eubanks? That's Maybe we'll just change this section to the Chris Eubanks update rather than rankings <laughs> update. Let us know in the comments if you would rather have the Chris Eubanks update. Uh, but we're going to move on now on to my second favourite segment, Surprise Package. So Ben, take us through who we've got so far. And have you thought of the game and how we're going to work out who's winning for the US Open for this? Well, this was... I'm not sure. I know that you gave a suggestion during... Uh, Wimbledon, I think it was, to how to do it. Maybe we were to, to do it like via their ranking and do it points like that. I came up with like a different one that we'd have like a number one, number two, and a number three. And every time the number one goes through, it gets three points. Every time the number two goes through, it gets two. I don't know. We can work out which one we're going to do. And because I feel like that way, one person won't just go like miles in front if they've just got like a lower ranked player if you know what i mean yeah but it, it that's what you should do if you get the lower ranked one you should get the most points it's true. you should get the lowest ranked player we pick as a collective should get six and the second lowest five third low fourth lowest and so on keep going down to the highest ranked player will only get one point so it'll reward you for picking players lower down i think that's how we should do it well, it sounds like you've got your mind made up. <laughs> so it sounds like that's... I'll let you devise the spreadsheet. Yeah, I'll make the spreadsheet, but have it in mind, Ben. You don't want to pick a high, too high of a ranked player. Of course, we'll use the rankings just before the US Open as well. Uh, I've got Chris Eubanks in there, who's yeah, actually do. quite high in the rankings. It's going to be in top Ruin 10 me. by the time you, <laughs> you get, get two points them. for every win now. Yeah. Right. I mean, so far, just to update everybody, if you haven't seen the previous episodes, go back and watch them if you haven't. I've, on the men's side, got Hachanov and Zverev. I mean, the Hachanov one, I'm feeling like I should just replace it at the moment. He doesn't seem to even play any tournaments. Yeah, um, uh, Eubanks, Lehechka. So they seem better. I've got Andreva Svitolina on the women's, and you've got Keys and Fernandez on the women's. Perfect. Love Sounds the sound great. of that. Right, yeah. let's go. We'll start with the men's. Do you have one in mind, Ben? Are you going to add to your list? Actually, I haven't really even given it a thought, so I'll be going like off the cuff a little Ooh. bit. Sometimes that's like a little bit better to have something that's a little bit daring, I feel, potentially. Okay, hmm. I mean, I'm happy to go. If you, you go first. Go. Yeah, yeah, you go I'm first. I'm going to go you with go the on. Italian, Matteo Berrettini. Okay. I, I think that's a really good, strong player to bolster my attack. I need a bit of serving pedigree of mine. Um, and I think he's got ability to go far in a grand slam. He's quite low ranked as well. We'll pick up extra points with this new game we're playing. I think it's a very wise selection from me. Matteo Berrettini, add him, add him to my team. Nice. Added. Consider him added. Um, I'm going for something which I think that there could be a storyline attached to it in this US Open. And it is sort of big serving as well, but there's youth on his side. We are in America and the stadium will be rocking if this kid is popping. Ben Shelton. I'm going to have uh, as my surprise package on the men's side. Where's his ranking? For, uh, 41. Okay, you'll get quite a few points of Ben Shelton as well. It's quite a nice one to have. Oh, don't like that. That's you. I was going to have next week. Seven at the moment. <laughs> well, this is the thing. We've got still three more weeks worth of people to bolster. We're going to have like more than a five-a-side team. Yeah, no, but how we'll do it, Ben, is we'll do a nice little graphic with that all of our little heads next to each other of the points they can get so we know nice. how many it's going to be before the tournament begins. And yeah, that's how that's how it will go. And then we'll keep it running tally. It's quite a fun game. And maybe we can get it going with other people in the community as well. Because it's always fun to play some games while we're watching tennis. Um, on the women's, 
sorry if, about the lag, but I'm going to have to pull it up. And this laptop, like no I said, I've, my laptop's broken. It's the only <laughs> option I have. So, women's wise, I'll let you go first this time. Just remind us who we've got. Okay, so on the women's, I have and uh, Mila Andaleva and Alina Svitolina. You have Madison Keys and Layla Fernandez. So we're going to have to go for someone. I'm going to go for. I'm going to go along the same lines again. I'm going to be going American again, and I'm going to be going big serving again, and I'm going to be going for Alicia Parks. Okay, Alicia Parks. Let's see what you've done there. In the world currently. Where? 45th. And who have I got? Keys and Fernandez. Keys and Fernandez. <laughs> oh, right. Well, Keys is at the moment in 13th in the world. And oh, Fernandez okay. is... Okay, add me... Bianca Andreescu, 51 Ooh. in the world. Wow. Andreescu, former champion Andreescu. That's a good one. I like that one. And Fernandez is 83rd in the world as well. Yeah, so that's points quite... galore. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of points All I need is a few rounds for these yeah. and I'll catch you. That's it. Some good picks here. I'm going for um, Russians and homegrowns. Uh, <laughs> 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 why not? Svitolina's moving Just up through the rankings. With this, we need to, they need to be outside the top 10, right? Yes, outside 10 does not count. Yeah, for those wondering why we're not. And if they make it into the top 10, you can still keep them in your, uh, but they will not get as many points now. They'll obviously. only get one point. Yeah, sad times. Well, we've got them there. We've now added, I've added Shelton and Parks. You've added Bellatini, Andriescu. My, I'm going with the youth. You're going with the experience and the youth a bit as well. But still, exciting. I like it. There we go. Up. And I think that wraps up another episode of The Countdown. Make sure if you haven't already, hit the like button, subscribe if you're new, join us on Spotify and hit give us a follow over there on the for the audio listeners. Uh, shout out to you guys. Hopefully you've enjoyed this episode as well and we'll see you very soon next monday for another countdown maybe some watch alongs this week and definitely some news videos as well as and when they come up uh, but for now thank you for watching the countdown we'll see you very soon 21 days ciao ciao Podcast Network.